0: We are in a series called Weird. On the count of three, I just need you to say weird with me. One, two, three. No, no, no. Say it like you mean it. One, two, three. This is weird. Nobody brings a goldfish to church, okay? You guys are proving our point. So uh, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, pull them up on your phone. That's the best way to do it, I think, um... But last week, we started this series called Weird, and we're going to get a little bit more into it here tonight, but uh, what we did last week is we just, I get ADD when I'm writing messages, and I got ADD again this week, because last week was kind of fun, and so I looked up weird people on Google Images again, and uh, yeah, it's fun. And so we got a couple tonight, and then one is very close to home. The third one, by the way, guys, in the back is a video, so make sure the sound's up for that one. But here's the first one. Go ahead and hit that first slide. That's weird, okay? That's a... That's, a, that's awkward family photos if you've never seen that website. If your family photo looks like that, I feel bad for you, okay? Um, although, these people are so famous because of this picture. I've seen this picture everywhere. Um, the top one is, I don't know. Good question. Um, okay, let's go to the next one. That right there is weird, okay? Okay. Here's the, reason, here's the reason I picked that one. My wife uh, grew up with a hideous pig like that in her house. It's not amazing. It's, it's literally a rodent uh, uh, on steroids is what it is. Okay? I hate the pig. But that family photo, they decided to include their properly dressed pig. It's weird. Okay? Weird, 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 weird. Okay. The next one is very personal to me. I have a three-year-old son. Uh, who is seriously just weird, okay? He's getting weirder and weirder by the day. I love him, um, but if you ever ask Bryce, my son, uh, if you ever ask him about Screamo, okay? Uh, he's like his dad. He likes Screamo music, okay? If you ever ask him about it, he will do this, and this is a real-life video from my kitchen table. Go ahead and play that video. Shut <laughs> That's Bryce. Listen, he did that in the middle in and out. Somebody said something about screamo. He's like, "Show, show!" In the middle in and out." You're like, "Dude, stop. People are going to think we need to like get you in a hospital or something." Dad screamo! Dad screamo! One thing you can do when you walk up to my son, I taught him this, it's pretty cool. Kind of weird, but uh, you can put his put your hands up like this. Just go like this. He'll go, "Just chill, homie." <laughs> just chill. <laughs> Yesterday, my daughter, one years old, is crying, screaming. Ah! He goes, hey, sissy, just chill, homie. Just chill. <laughs> if you're brand new to Refuge, I talk about my kids a lot. They are awesome, but they are, Bryce is getting a little more weirder and weirder as time goes. Um, but here's why we did that. We started this series, and I know it's really strange to call a series at church weird, but here's what we did is that we believe, as we read the Bible, that one of the weirdest people... To ever walk the face of the earth is Jesus Christ. And that's like, what? That's, you can't say that. He's God. Okay, that's weird. Um, because here's why we say he's weird. is because he was very different than other people at that time. He said things. People, he started his ministry. He started telling people about the kingdom of God. And he said things like this. He said, if somebody strikes you on one cheek, here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to clock them like the normal people would say. I want you to turn to them your other cheek. People would be like, dude. We live in like the Roman Empire. That's really not how you do things. You retaliate. You get back at them. He says, no, no, I want you to turn the other cheek. He goes on to say, I'm going to move this out a little bit. He goes on to say, "If, if you have people that hate you, your enemies, I need you to love them. Don't hate them back. Love your enemies. Again, in the Roman time where Jesus was living, people were like, no, 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 you don't understand. We feed our enemies to lions and people watch for fun. Like that's the whole Colosseum you don't understand, Jesus, and I, I know what the normal thing says, but here's what I'm telling you. Love your enemies. You're like, that's weird. Pray for the people that persecute you. You know, the people that are threatening to cut off your head and threatening to kill you because you are a Christian? I want you to pray for those people. I don't want you to retaliate. I don't want you to pray that God does something to to you. I want you to pray that they'll come to know who I am. He was very, 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 very weird. But here's the deal. We grow up in a culture that tells us don't be weird. Weird's a bad word. I want you to grow up and be normal. Just fit in with everybody. Go along with the flow. Fit in. Be normal. Last week we looked at a verse, and and we're going to look at this verse each week of the series. It's 1 Peter chapter 1. Here's what 1 Peter chapter 1 says. It says, but now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, what that means is the Old Testament. So this is saying both the Old Testament and the New Testament say the same thing be holy because I am holy. And last week we said, what does the word holy mean? Because here the Bible is telling us to be something, and a lot of times we don't know what that means. Here's what be holy means. Be set apart. Be different. Be not what everybody else is being. Or as we said in this series, maybe that means the Bible is calling you and I to be weird. Not in a bad kind of weird, not even in a good kind of weird, but in a God kind of weird, in a Jesus Bible, whatever that holy word means, because here's what we said, normal isn't working, and maybe you're not on the same page with that tonight, this is all just kind of recap, but if you look at what is normal in our world, especially for high school students, this is just high school, right, we could be real tonight, we're going to talk about some really weird, weird, like real things tonight. And the normal for high school students, whatever school you go to, even if it's a Christian school or your are school, the normal is this. You are overwhelmed with so much pressure. Some of you guys are battling depression and you're like 14 or 15 years old. Some of you guys have walked through situations that maybe 50 years ago people like adults married with kids were walking through. Now 14 and 15 year olds are walking through these situations. And here's what's normal is to say that's just kind of how life is. And we want to push pause on that and say, no, 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 no. That's how life may be, but that doesn't mean that's what you are called to. That might be normal, but we're g- let's just say normal's broke. Normal isn't working. Let's just forget about normal. And maybe we should go back to what was written 2,000 years ago in 1 Peter chapter 1 and say, what? maybe he was to something when he said to be set apart, to not go along with that one huge, broad way that's leading to destruction, that's leading to normal. Maybe we're to be weird. Maybe we were to step outside of the box that everyone says, if you're a high school student, that's just the way you should go. Maybe we should step outside that and say, no, no, no. Maybe there's something in this set apartness. And I love this because we, we finish, right, and I wake up the next morning and I do some reading and stuff in the morning. One of the things I do is I check Twitter, right, like all of you guys, Twitter. It's just what you do. It's like you wake up, roll over, it's like Twitter, okay. And I'm on Twitter and I see this quote. And maybe you guys saw I posted this quote. I love this quote, Okay. It's from a guy named Francis Chan, who's a baller, okay? Francis Chan, pretty much anything he touches is pretty solid stuff. And here's what Francis Chan said, and I was like, wow, that goes just along with our message. Here's what it said. Go ahead and put that on the screen. Something is wrong when our lives, he's he's referencing Christians, make sense to unbelievers. You say, that's a weird statement. Don't we we want unbelievers to kind of want to be a part of what we're doing? Yeah, but what he's saying is, Something is wrong when unbelievers look at our life and say, we're not really that different. Because the Bible says we are to be very different. The Bible says as Christians we are to be set apart. We are to be not normal. We are to be weird. And so I love that. That's just kind of food for thought as we start tonight. Um, that's just a cool quote, and, and I think that really encapsulates this whole series. There should be a time as we're going through this, as we're following Christ as a teenager in your high school, that people look at you and think, he didn't react the way I would have. What's up with him or her that they did that way? Or they handled that situation that way? There should be a time in all of our lives, mine included, where people look and say something's different about that one. That was kind of all recap of last week. And there's our series principle. If you don't get anything out of tonight, get this. This, this. this is what we're saying in all four weeks of this series. And we want you to understand this. And it's this. If you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. That's pretty simple. That's just like, that's the result. If you look at everyone, if you look at the high school students you go to are not followers of Jesus and you think, man, I I want their life, just do what they do and you're going to get exactly what they have. But we believe that is empty. We believe it's not satisfying. We believe that's going to lead them, maybe not tomorrow, but maybe two years from now, maybe five years from now, maybe next week, that's going to lead them to a place that the Bible says is not healthy for them and it's not good for their lives. So if you want that, all you got to do is do that. But if you want what few people have, do what few people do. If you want what's not normal, Do what's not normal. Be weird. So, if you have your Bible, like I said, I open it up to to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Tonight, we're talking about an issue, and here's the deal. I'm just going to get it out on the table. We're going to push the cards out and show everyone what we're about, okay? Tonight, we're talking about something that I believe every single person in this room has dealt with on some level. You ready for this? High school students, let me be real. Tonight, we're talking about sex. Freshmen are here. <laughs> are we all good? Are we all good? High school students, 9th through 12th graders, if you're, if, you're not, hey, if you're not supposed to be here, you're supposed to be upstairs, that's your bad. Okay? Here we are. We're showing our cards. It's high school. Because here's the deal. I believe with all my heart, I know every person in this room has heard about that. You've read about that. You've watched about that. You've seen all this stuff about that. But here's what doesn't happen. In church, we don't talk about it. That's bogus. Because we believe the Bible has a lot to say about sex. But we want to run away from it because that's like a weird thing. Like even when I said that, it was kind of like, oh, God, what's he saying? This is so weird. Well, what's up with that? Because you guys are hearing about it all over your lives. And if we're not talking about it in church, man, there's an inconsistency. Because there's a lot in the Bible that points us to it. Here's normal, but let's talk about weird. Let's talk about weird desires. Let's talk about what the Bible says about this sex stuff. Let's, can I just go out and say it? God created sex. That's pretty cool. I mean, we think, no way, man, God and sex, those are like totally separate things, man. You don't know where I'm living. You don't know where I'm. Here, here's what I'm telling you. No matter what you've heard, no matter what you've read, God created sex. It's his creation. But here's what happens just like what happens with so many other things in our lives. Something that God created for good, the devil perverts and makes it bad. And in the area of sex, God created it to be good, and the devil has perverted it so much where people now look at sex as God. Did you catch that? God created sex to be good, but all of a sudden we changed sex to be God. And people literally all over the world right now, maybe even some of you, your whole life is about this three-letter word that everyone talks about. Everything about your life is aimed towards that, and everything about your life is rooted in that. And there's some people living in the world right now that that's their occupation. And there's a billion with a B dollar industry about people watching people being a part of this act, and literally we have created this thing called sex, and we made it a God. And tonight we want to look at the Bible and say, no, 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 you understand, the God created this to be good. So let's look at something that might be a little weird and see what the Bible says about this thing that God created to be good because normal isn't working. Here's what's normal when it comes to sex. And maybe some of you guys will will catch on to some of this. Maybe some of you guys will, I'm not really feeling that. But I think I'm going I'm to kind of put the finger on ed- every single one of your lives here with this list. Here's what's normal today when it comes to sex. One thing that's normal is pornography. I said it earlier, it is literally a multi-billion dollar industry. More money is spent on pornography than all s- baseball, football, and basketball ticket sales all the way across the United States all year long. More money is spent on pornography. If you've ever been to a football game and you're like, wow, this ticket costs how much and I'm in the triple deck, what's up with that? More money has been spent on pornography this year in the United States of America than baseball, football, and basketball ticket sales across the United States. It is a billion-dollar industry. That's normal. It's normal for most of the people in this room, if we're honest. Another thing that's normal is within the context of marriage, affairs are normal. And I know this is heavy. We're going to get to some lighter stuff in a minute. But I want to kind of show you why we're jumping into some deep water tonight. What else is normal is people having affairs. Check this out. I thought this was staggering. This week I found uh, this statistic that said 80% of marriages are affected by adultery, by affairs that doesn't change, if we don't start being weird, if we don't start being different than normal because we're looking at it, and we're like, that's not really good statistics. 80% of you are going to go up and get married, and either you or your spouse are going to have an affair. And we say, that's pretty normal. I don't want that. I don't want that for me. I don't want that for you. And right now, you're only in high school, but that's where we're headed if we're on this normal path. In response to that, it's very normal for people to get divorced. Very normal. It's as easy as it's ever been now and as cheap as it's ever been to say, we're done with this, move on. I've walked through that. I grew up in a divorced home. Maybe some of you have. Maybe some of you are walking through that right now with your parents. And that's normal. What else is normal is feelings of guilt or regret maybe man you've gone too far with somebody or you were in that situation where it went too far and it's normal now for teenagers 14 15 16 17 years old to walk into school and just feel this overwhelming sense of regret and guilt because of what they've done and we carry that and we think this is just part of being a teenager man it's just part of growing up insecurity has overwhelmed you fear has overwhelmed you and we call that normal Abuse is becoming more and more normal. Some of you guys have walked through that. Sexually transmitted diseases are becoming normal now. I don't want any of those things for me, for any of you guys. But that's what's normal in today's time. And I think we can all agree on that. man. I'm not even saying if you're a Christian or not. Let, let, let's, let's get there in a minute. We can all agree that we have friends or all, us ourselves have walked through that. And that's just, that's just life. In 2012 in Las Vegas, Nevada and all over our country and world, that's just normal. That list is pretty like, yep, I've I've walked through that, or my best friend walked through that, or my parents are walking through that. That's what that's what our lives are like. But tonight I want to kind of push pause on that. And say just because that's normal doesn't mean it's right. And so what I want to do is I want to look at First Corinthians chapter six for a minute. I just want to look at what the Bible says, and maybe some of you guys are walking in that right now. Maybe you have walked in that. I want to try to convince you, not me, but God's Word. But God's plan is better. Maybe a different path is better. Maybe this weird thing we're talking about is what really brings true joy, true satisfaction, true intimacy in the area of sex. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Starting in verse 18. Here's what it says on the, on the screen. Flee, it says, from sexual immorality. That means sexual sin. Flee. So the Bible talks about sex? Yep, here it is. Lots of other places too. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Some of us don't feel valuable in this place tonight. Maybe it's because you've walked a certain path, You've done a certain thing. You've gone a certain distance with somebody or some, you know, on, on the Internet or whatever. And we feel like, man, you guys are beaten down with regret, beaten down with guilt, or you're headed that way. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, Have you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. You are valuable tonight. That's, that, that's what you need to know. No matter what you're walking through, no matter what you have walked through, you are not just some piece of body tonight. You are valuable. And maybe somebody in here needs to hear that. Somebody kind of beat back Big Brother here. Like all of you guys is Big Brother. I'm a little older than all you guys. Here's what I want to say to the girls for a second Don't ever let some punk kid try to pressure you into doing something you don't want to do. He doesn't own you. He might say all the right things, but don't ever let him trick you into this normal. Maybe right now you're like, it's not that bad. I'm in it right now. It will never, ever, ever make you feel complete as a woman. It will never satisfy you. You will find yourself at some point down that road. Maybe it's not tomorrow. Maybe it's not the next week. You will never find yourself thinking, man, this is exactly what my life was intended to be, and I'm satisfied in that. That will never happen. We speak with girls here all the time that have walked that road for years and years and years. There's women in our city that are walking that job as an occupation. They're walking that, and they say, man, I thought it was one thing, and I turned around, and it's something totally different, and I'm broken, and I'm in pieces, and I don't understand how this happened because we bought this lie that this is what you do as a woman. And for the guys, don't ever let these boys that you might be hanging out with, try to tell you that you somehow become a different status of man because you go this far or that far with a girl. Okay, we're all in high school. Or you click on that link and, man, oh, you haven't done that? Uh, you haven't done that? Oh, man, come on, man, step up. Be a man. They're not men. Go, boys get older and older and older and maybe they start shaving, but doesn't mean they're men. They're boys who can shave. And they're saying, oh, yeah, let, let, let's be men and, and, and throw ourselves at these things and chase girls and click those links. And we grow up as dudes who don't, ha- who don't know any better, and we think this is what guys do. Normal isn't working. We can see that all over our world. A couple notes I want you to take, and they're on your, your page there, as we kind of jump in and, and finish up tonight. Normal, here's what's normal in this world. Normal is get as much as you can in this world. I'm not talking about just sexual stuff, just in general. Man, go out swinging. Get as much as you can of money and sex and everything in this world. Just get it because you only live once, right? We all know that. YOLO, okay? Stupidest phrase ever. Seriously. Don't ever say it in front of me or I'll just, like, scream at you like, 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 what are you doing? You said YOLO. That's what I do when you say YOLO. I just just scream, okay? I actually said it to my wife the other night. That's why she's laughing. I said, come on, let's watch one more show. She goes, no, I didn't go to bed. YOLO, come on. She's like, what? Like Young orangutans love oranges. What? If you went to camp, you got that. Okay. Um, normal in this life, run in, get as much as you can. This is life, man. You only live once. Go get it. Here's what weird says. Put distance between you and temptation. You say, why would you do that? because sometimes the things we think we're throwing our lives at hurt us bad and some of you guys have walked through that it's not all it's cracked up to be first Corinthians chapter 6 verse 18 says flee sexual immorality so the whole verse is built on this flee word f l e e what does that mean here's what it means you guys on your notes it's a greek word that it says fuego that's kind of a fun word can you guys say that with me fuego See, it's kind of fun, right? You're just like, oh, Greek's kind of cool. Fuego, flee. Here's what it means. To run away, to shun, to escape, to distance oneself. Why are we bringing that up? Because here's what we like to do. Here's a line, perfect example, okay? Here's sin, and here's what we like to do. We're like, well, man, I'm a Christian. I'm trying to follow Jesus. So, well, can I get this close? Maybe touch it. Can I get over there? We like to get as close as we possibly can to the line where we're not sinning. Oh, oh sinning, that's bad. God, I don't want to do that. But like right here, I can be a part of this stuff. And I, maybe I won't get too hurt if I'm walking this line. And I do it and you do it all the time. We get as close as we can. We're like, oh, well, what movie are you going to go see? I'm going to go see that movie. Isn't that bad? Yeah, I mean, it. I'll just turn my head. Or I'll do this or I'll do that. And we get as close as we can. I really want to be a part of this. So I'll just step as close as I can to this line. Here's that? 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 18 says, flee, escape, run, distance yourself. You guys ever been to La Jolla, California, it's San Diego area? Okay. We went to college there. I'm going to get back to the the, the, the flee. Okay. That's why I'm getting here. Um we used to go to uh, this beach, and there's this one beach. It's all rocky. It's not like a surfer beach. It's just kind of a cool walking beach. And you walk down this whole thing, and there's these sea lion and seals. Have you guys ever seen a sea lion or a seal in your life, okay? Here's a picture of one. Um, right, the sea lion seal. There it is. Okay, that bad boy, okay? You might think that thing's cute. Okay, that thing is the devil, okay? Those things are all on this beach, and we, me and Candace, and some of our friends were like, let's go down and, and let's go like climb the rocks. And it says, don't do this. We we're like, oh, what do they know, man? They're just trying to stop us from having fun. YOLO, okay? So we jump down and we're like, oh, man, let's get down. And they're all, they're like, oh, oh, you know what I mean? Oh, oh. And we're like, oh, my gosh, dude, they're so close and they're so massive. That might look kind of small. I mean, they're huge. You're like, okay, oh, man. And somebody, I don't know who it was, maybe it was my own idea. I don't know if you can help me, Candace, but said, Scott, why don't you try to go touch one? And I'm way too competitive, so I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to touch one. I'm going to say, man, I touched that sea lion, that seal, or whatever those things are called. What, does anyone know the difference? Is, is that a sea lion? What's a seal? seal has fur. That looks like it has fur. But like microscopic? No, okay, whatever. Uh, so I don't know what it is. We're going to call it a, 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 a seal lion, huh? What about that? No? Okay. Uh, so the seal lion, I don't know what it is, but I'm like, let's touch it. And so I go down, and I try to touch it, and I'm like as close as I am to Sarah, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is cool, guys, here I am. And I, I go right here, and it goes, oh, 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 and I like, oh, and I jump back, and I, I seriously thought I was going to die, okay? I have a picture. There's my picture. By the way, when you're an emo kid, that's what you have to do in every picture, okay? For literally six years of my life, every picture, I'm doing that in. I, it's like, I'm about to die. Woo, YOLO, Okay. There's me almost touching the dang thing. And I, that's like right before almost death, okay? Here's why I tell you that story. Now I know. Don't even come close to the seal lions, okay? If somebody says, man, YOLO, let's go down and touch those. No, they will kill you. They will rip your hand off and laugh at you. No, 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 no. So here's the moral of the story. Don't touch the seal lions. Here's the moral of, that's why I tell the story, okay? We like to do that with our lives. 14, 15, 16 years old, we go, man, why is it, man, it, it says don't do it. The sign said don't go down to the seals. God's word says don't do it. It's bad for you. Man, whew, come on, YOLO. Let, let's, let, let's go anyways. And so we walk as young people who think they understand the world and think they understand all the ramifications. We jump into these situations, and what happens? We get hurt. We get hurt bad. Maybe tonight you haven't walked that road yet. I'm thankful for that. But maybe tonight you haven't walked that road, but you're thinking what I just said. Is it really that bad? I think sometimes in church people just tell horror stories, man. You guys, maybe you just had a bad experience. I have a friend who's loving it right now. As as much passion as I can muster up. I promise you, whatever your friend is telling you is good and pleasurable and awesome, they just haven't reached the point where it crashes yet. I'll give you an example. How many people have ever played Jenga? Anybody played Jenga? Simple game. Bunch of wood blocks stacked up and the point of the game, I'll move this so you guys can see. The point of the game is take a block out one at a time and you switch No it's not. Woo, I got one, okay? You got one. And then you take another one. Okay. here's what we do. Listen, here's what we do, here's what we do. This is our life we hear messages like this and we hear God's word from some other platform your church if you go to hope our church refuge your small group leader a book you read or maybe you're reading in the bible and you read, came across first corinthians 6 and you're like man what does that really mean for me though i mean flee sexual immorality i'm kind of walking on that right now and it's not that big a deal and we take pieces of our lives and we keep going i mean it's it's not as bad as everyone said why would God want to keep me from this this is good. And me and my girlfriend, me and my boyfriend, we enjoy this. It brings us closer. We're in love, yada, yada, yada. Or, man, everyone's doing it. All the guys I talk to are logging on these sites. All these guys I talk to are going to these movies. Or maybe you girls and maybe guys, too. I don't really know. But, like, this new thing is, like, these books, right, like Fifty Shades of Grey, okay? Seriously, garbage. It is, it is pornography in literal, literary form. And so we, we, maybe the girls in the room or, or the guys in the room, they, they think, why is this that bad? It's not hurting anybody. We keep taking pieces. And maybe for a while we walk this line where it doesn't really hurt us. We're like, Man, it's, you guys tell horror stories in church all the time for no reason. But there will come a point, I promise you. Listen, I'm not talking from non-experience. I've experienced this. Some of the leaders in the room have experienced this. I know some of you in the room have experienced this, but we go to a certain place in our lives. We just keep pulling pieces. We keep giving our heart to other people. We keep giving parts of our body and parts of our mind and our emotions and our heart to these people who don't deserve it that God never intended. Remember, He t- made it for good and we make it God. And eventually, what happens? It crashes. It crashes. And some of you guys right now are in that. Or last week you were in that. are like, whoa, what happened? What happened? We gave p- parts of ourself, parts of our heart, parts of our mind. And God said, don't, don't do this. And well, man, Why does God want me to stop doing this? Because he's trying to save you from that. Why does God put up guardrails? Why does God tell us to not do things in the Bible? Because he's some sort of jerk that sits in heaven. God set up a guardrail. God set up a sign. God said, don't do this. It will hurt you. And Eventually, we find ourselves there. Some of you guys have found yourselves there. Some of you guys haven't. But some of you guys are headed for that because you don't really think that's a big deal. You, you think that's something we just talk about that try to, to get you away from having fun and enjoying life. But there's people all over this room that can attest, no, 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 you don't understand. It's dangerous business. So what I want to do tonight as we finish, real quick, this is going to be really, really quick, I want to give us five weird places to draw the line. If we're supposed to flee immorality, if we're supposed to flee this stuff, here's what we're not saying. Come all the way up to the line as close as you can. Keep pulling the pieces and hope that time isn't gonna be the time that falls and your whole life cracks. You know, it crashes down. And you find yourself in the broken pieces and think, man, why did this happen? Don't get so close to where you're, 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 you're messing with that stuff. Just stop pulling the pieces. Get as far away as you can and flee temptation and draw your own line. So I'm gonna give you, if you want, and this is all one of those things where, hey, nobody's gonna make you. But if you want to be different, if you want to be not normal and not go the normal way everyone else is going, here's five weird places to draw the line. Here's the first one, have accountability. Say, so what is that? Accountability is somebody in your life asking you questions about areas of your life. Like real questions. How have you been this in this this week? I know you struggle with this. How's that been this week? In the last couple of weeks, have you spent time with God? How's that been? Somebody in your life asking you hard questions. That's a weird place to draw a line. Like, wait, wait. You can't go to that movie because you're meeting with your accountability partner? What? Man, that's weird. Yes. Yep. I'm putting people in my life to ask me questions to make sure I'm, I'm walking the path that I'm supposed to be walking. Yeah. That's the first one. Second one. Dress for spiritual success. Pretty cheesy, right? Dressed for spiritual success because here's what we do. We just follow the fashion. You girls, you guys, we just wear what everyone says is cool. And you're like, well, man, those shorts are pretty short or that, that shirt is low cut or this or that, or that or that. Man, it's just the fashion. Well, here's what we need to know. fleeing temptation, drawing those lines, you are not called to obey the fashion. You are called to obey God. Is that weird? Yes. Every time, yes. But normal isn't working. Third tonight, don't act married. You're not. And this is, this is super common between like freshmen, sophomore, even, even seniors. They're like, well, we're going to get married. I love this person. We're going to be together forever. Okay, that's fine. That might happen. Me and my, my wife started dating in high school. I know there's a couple of our leaders who got married really young and started dating in high school. That's fine. But guess what? God set it up for marriage. So until you're married, don't act married. Because that same thing can happen. Like, you don't understand, we love each other. There's this mutual deal, we love each No, no, that can still happen because the devil has tricked you into believing, oh, you're married, act like you're married, but it's not. It's not. Fourth one, monitor internet activity. This is for girls, this is for guys, it doesn't matter who you are, if there's not somebody that has access to what you view on the internet, you are in a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous place, dangerous, especially now with iPads and iPods and, and iPhones and all these ways that we literally carry the internet full bore anytime we want, on any site we want, in our pockets, if there's somebody not in your life saying, hey, um, there's a software called X Watch or there's Covenant Eyes or Safe Eyes or whatever, man. Sometimes it's hard. I'm telling you right now, I, I've been there where it's like, dang it, why is this site blocked? It's better than having no accountability, nobody knowing what you're looking at because so many of you are dealing with that right now. This is more of an issue right now than I think it's ever been in the history of our world because of the eye gadgets, because of the ways we carry the internet as, as, as far as it'll go in our pocket every day. If you want to draw a weird line, have somebody monitor that. Have somebody that has full access to everything you view. Lastly tonight, kind of an over, overall one. Guard your eyes, your mind, and your heart. Just in general. What are you looking at? What are you setting your emotions on? What are you constantly thinking about? I'm going to go invite the band to come up as we end tonight. And as they're loading, I want to read you one more verse from Scripture. And I want to just ask us all a response question. Here's the verse. Ephesians chapter 3, or chapter 5, sorry, verse 3. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity. So why would you read that verse? Because I want us all to ask a question. Nobody, you you don't have to write it down. You don't have to answer out loud. But I'm asking the question of myself. In my life, if God is setting up guardrails and signs in 1 Corinthians 6 and Ephesians chapter 5, and he's saying, don't touch the seal. Don't even get close. Don't even try to go where everyone says you should go because you're going to get hurt. Do you and I even have a hint of sexual immorality? A hint of the stuff we've been talking about tonight. Here's what we want you to know. If the answer is yes, you're not crazy. But we want to talk to you. In the back we have some new resources. And a couple of them deal with this issue. Nobody's going to think you're crazy. If you're like, man, I'm struggling with this. Some of you guys want to talk to your small group leader and say, man, I would love some kind of being in this area. Some of you girls want to talk to your small group leader or a girl leader here in the room and say, man, I'm having issues with this. Nobody thinks you're crazy. We think you're being weird, and that's good. Don't keep it all inside and think, man, I don't want to be that person. Because that's all the normal kids are doing. There's so many of teenagers in this city right now within three miles of us. We talk about it all the time. Eleven thousand students that are walking through so much junk and they don't want to say anything to anybody because they feel weird. Well, it's time for us to start being weird because you guys are all finding yourselves in that. And not knowing how to get out. Feeling all alone. And then it leads to crazy stuff. You start hurting yourself. You start going to these places that God never intended you to go. And sometimes all it starts with is a hint. You do not have to walk alone. So what if I find myself, Scott, in this right now? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pick up one of the pieces. I want you to surrender it to God. So, well, man, I, I want to deal with all of it. Just start with one thing. Don't, don't, don't try to let the devil throw every single thing at you in your life right now. Say, God, look, you know that I'm finding myself in this junk right here, right now. And my parents are in this junk, and I'm in this junk. What do I do? You cry out to God. He says, call upon me, cast your cares upon him, give it to him and say, God, you say you care for me? I need that right now. Some of you guys were there. Others of you, you've never really got to that point and I'm so thankful for that. Don't ever believe the lie that this is what's good for you because it always ends in that. Every time. Every time. I want to pray for us. We're going to respond with a song. Here's what the song says. The song says that on a cross Jesus paid it all. What does that mean? He paid for the people that are in the rubbish. He paid for the people that he paid for the people that are in the crash and the junk. Yes, he paid for the people that haven't experienced that yet, but are headed that way. Yes. If you don't have a relationship with God tonight, we didn't talk about that as much as we usually do. None of this is possible without Jesus. None of it. I've tried it. I've tried to walk my self-righteous self through purity and through. I'm not going to be that bad kid. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to have sex. I'm going to do anything. I wasn't a Christian, but this is my life, and I found myself right there. If you're not alone tonight. If you need somebody to pray with, man, I'm back there. My wife's back there for you, girls. This is something that is so gripping some of you in this room right now. Reach out. We're here. You don't have to walk this alone. Even if you find yourself in the mess, God restores. Jesus paid for that.